Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today, a repeat guest, Peter Shankman, probably best known for founding Help a Reporter Out, Harrow. Uh, he's also the founder and CEO of The Geek Factory, a marketing and PR strategy firm located in New York, and has his second book out called Customer Service, New Rules for Social Enable or a Social Enabled world. So, Peter, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me again. So, um, uh, believe it or not, um, I recently did an interview with Jeannie Bliss. Um, do you know Jeannie? Um, uh, author of I Love You More Than My Dog. Uh, talked yep. to also about customer service, but uh, not probably more in terms of the kind of internal message and purpose and, you know, how do you get everybody to believe uh, the values and, and serve that way. And I think you're, we're going to talk maybe um, about customer service as well, but, but maybe a little more about how the world of marketing has shifted with all these new tools. So how, let me just start there. How has customer service, or I think the groovy word now is the customer experience um, <laughs> changed uh, with all of the, the social enabled world. I hate groovy, groovy terms. Basically, you know, what I see happening, it's just, it just really, it, it comes down to more than ever, the, the, the company has to have the ability to be able to listen. Um, you know, and I, I start off with a great example in the book about how when I was in college, I was on an Amtrak train from New York back to Boston University, and we got stuck somewhere in the middle of, uh, like, between New York and Boston and somewhere, and it was the middle of, like, January or whatever, freezing. And instead of, um, you know, no one had Twitter. There was no nothing. No one had cell phones. So we just waited on the tracks for three hours. They brought another train and we stood for the rest of the trip, you know, and like the next morning, the world went on and no one was any the wiser. Um, can you imagine if that happened today? You know, oh my God, Amtrak, you, you know, at Amtrak, you suck. We're walking on track. <laughs> right. You know, none of that existed. And, and, and you really have to listen to, listen to the, to the, to the universe today. It's just, it doesn't, the ability to go and, and, um, and, uh, Share your experience, uh, however bad your experience is. It's just too easy now, and so the goal is not to have to react to that, but rather just not to give them the opportunity to have those bad experiences. Sure, that's the ideal. But I mean, I guess also uh, I see a lot of organizations that I think are doing, in some cases, a good job. Uh, in some cases, they're they're being very exposed, right? Because if you just ignore what people are saying, uh, there's certainly lots of other people that can publish information and other people that can hear it. But I also see some companies doing a pretty good job uh, providing customer service sort of in a public realm now. So oh, where, yeah. where before it used to be you and me on the phone, I'd say, <laughs> okay, Mr. Shankman, we'll fix this, and that was it, right? You and I knew about it. Now uh, maybe hundreds of thousands of people can watch me give you service, and I, I think that that's a pretty powerful tool. It is. And, you know, one of the interesting things, when I go to buy something that I know has the potential to need customer service, so if I go and buy a, a piece of uh, hardware or if I go and buy something really expensive or whatever, um, I actually go online and see how they handle other people's problems first. So that's almost becoming like a milestone you want to check before you actually go and buy a product. Yeah. People are actually using that. They're, not, they're looking at price. They're looking at dependability. They're also looking at how the customer service is handled in the public realm with someone else who's already bought the product. And will that be a determining factor in, in what you buy? Yeah. And I think I think we're seeing that it really is. Boy, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone onto Twitter and said, "Hey, do you guys like this or this?" And uh, boy, you get some you know you get some really strong traffic sometimes uh, with people expressing their opinions about a product or service choice. And uh, boy, we certainly didn't have that five years ago. And that and that's the big thing that, I'm, that I really try to explain to these companies when I go and I consult them is that is that 
you know, if I had a problem with your business, the only way I could really tell the world about it was to go and stand in front of your, your, your office with a sign about how much you suck, you know? But the people I was reaching have already driven there, gotten out of their car, found a place to park, gotten out of their cars, and walked to the store. The chances of my influencing them at that point are very, very minimal. Now, I post it online before someone's ready to buy, and they, they just never visit your site to begin with. Yeah, the whole ratings and review game, I, I think, is one that I still stumble across. You know, I deal with a lot of small businesses, and I still stumble across a lot of businesses that uh, are choosing to sit that out. And so, consequently, maybe there are two reviews on a popular site, and uh, unfortunately, both of them are bad. And I would also say that that the interesting thing about that is that we're we're moving. I personally think we're going to move more, more we're going to move more away from the review sites, like more away from the Yelps and things like that, because. The same reason that, that newspapers are dying, newspapers are dying because we don't, they're not dying because of a lack of news. They're dying because we have no need to use the restaurant reviewer anymore or the movie critic. We prefer to go to the people that we, that we trust. Uh, the great example I use for that is uh, the New York Times uh, about a year ago reviewed a cheese shop in lower Manhattan, and they said it was spectacular, and you have to go there. And then my friend Jessica reviewed the same cheese shop, and she mentioned that everyone should go there except Peter. And... I was interested to read that on her on her Facebook page. She said, "Yeah, Peter, you shouldn't go there because they, most cheese shops sell like um, uh, jellies and jams and crackers. And this place, this place only sells cheese because you're lactose intolerant. You could kill four million people if you go to this cheese shop." She knew me. Some might say a little too much, but she knew me, and I'm going to trust her review over the New York Times, who doesn't know me. The New York Times almost caused a, you know a mass a mass uh, chemical gas attack in Lower Manhattan by suggesting I go to a cheese shop. <laughs> See, when, when you talked about, you started this out by saying that uh, you, you, you know, one of the things you have to do is get really good at listening. What are what are some of your favorite, you know, maybe do it yourself even uh, ways to listen? I I like the idea that that I never waste time. And whenever I have the opportunity uh, at a at a bus stop while waiting for the subway, um, anything I can do, I'm always on my BlackBerry or whatever device I have, and I'm looking stuff up. I'm seeing what people are saying about me, what they're saying about my clients, what they're saying about uh, companies I want to shop at, uh, potential clients, things like that. Um, I, don't, I don't like to um, you know, waste that time. So if I have 25 minutes free or whatever, I'll go and I'll immediately start talking and start looking online and seeing what people are saying. I'll read what my friends are updating on Facebook, what they're talking about. You, know, you trust you trust the people you know personally, I'll start looking at what they're saying and I'll make little notes. I'll use like Evernote. I'll make little notes about what they like and things like that. And I'll remember that. And that stuff always comes in handy when I need it. To. This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at Constant Contact. Dot com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Well, so so what are some of the the, the platforms? I mean that 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 you know will and won't help you. I can't tell you how often I, you know, we're all for the last year every every presentation I was asked to give was about social media. Well, of course, you know the one question people would come up and say, well, just tell me which ones I need to be on, which I don't. I mean, <laughs> you know, how do you how do you uh, how do you advise people in that category? I tell people uh, I use Casey Stengel's um, uh, um, motto. They they asked him how the how the, he was winning in the '69 Mets, uh, you know, and they won everything. He said, uh, "We just hit them where they ain't," right. you know. And, and he was he was always known for these glib comments. And um, I said, "Well, you know, it, it, the 
it, it, the same thing applies on, 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 the, on the reverse social media. You got to hit them where they are. You know, if, if I'm going after 17 year old kids, I'm not going on to Twitter. I want to know where my 17 year old kids are. My 17 year old kids are not using Twitter. They're on Facebook. You know, so you need to know the best way to find out where your audience is is simply to ask them. I don't know why, but for some reason, the more information we get about the customer, the less we decide to actually ask them what we want to do. <laughs> ask them our information is ask them what we need to know, and they will tell you. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I assume because we're getting stupider, probably because of um, you know shows like the Jersey Shore. So we're getting stupider, and then we're not asking our our clients what you know how they like to get their information. We have access to them in a multitude of ways. Yet for whatever reason, we just don't want to talk to them and ask them how to get their information. You know. I, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning every day out in Central Park running or whatever, listening to my, uh, my podcast. And all my podcasts are, you know, um, I'm listening to uh, uh, BBC and ZDNet and some skydiving podcasts and things like that. Duct tape marketing. And, and well, that goes without saying. Well, okay, I, I met right. the ones you might not expect me to listen to. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but I'm doing that because that's how I like to get my information. Yeah. And so I get my information the way I want to. And so if you're telling me that – you don't care about me enough to ask how I like to get my information. What's the point? Yeah, I always tell people a funny anecdote. I, I just because ever because I could and because everybody else was, I released an, an iPhone app uh, for my podcast, and uh, I decided to price it at two ninety nine. You can you could subscribe via iTunes for free, uh, but I w- was floored by the amount of people that bought the app because that's the way they wanted to listen to the same content that was free and easily available otherwise, and uh, I think that's a pretty good lesson for uh, for us as marketers. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. So uh, one of the things that happens in this customer service category um, in social media, or we've got some great examples uh, or infamous, if you want to call them that, where, where people really get a black eye. I mean, a whole bunch of people go out there and say, this was stupid, this was dumb, bring back our, you know, Willy Wonka crackers, you know, why did you <laughs> take them away? I mean, how do, how do you survive, or how do you use some of these tools to maybe turn around some disasters? You know, I think the best way to do it is simply to listen. I've seen so many people, um, you know, who immediately go on, the first thing, the first thing they want to do is fight. You know, oh, you're going you're gonna to tell me I'm wrong, you're going to argue with me, fine, I'm going to argue right back. Why not listen? You know, I, I've gotten some of the best responses from um, from um, people who have had issues with Harrow simply by um, by a- in- inviting them to chat. You know, I'll call them up on Skype and say, hey, I got your email. You want to talk for a minute? You know, and, 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 and get their get, – you get, you get their opinion. You get the info they want to give you. And then what winds up happening is that you wind up becoming um, – they wind up becoming your ally. You know, because you took the time to listen to what their problem was and talk to them, they wind up becoming your ally. And that's just, that's just awesome. You know, you turn an enemy into a friend. How killer is that? What are some ways that you're seeing uh, another thing I think that I see a lot more of is because people can publish, um, it, it's actually become pretty acceptable practice to try to get your customers involved in spreading the message. In, and I don't mean in a, hey, retweet this. Uh, way I, I mean, in in they're they're genuinely love what you're doing, and they want to talk about it, and they have avenues to do that. Is there are there some ways to uh, to sort of proactively stimulate that? Yeah, I mean, I think anything you do that goes above and beyond is the best way to do it. I've I've seen situations where you know someone I get upgraded on a Continental flight or something. You know, I'm out there thanking Continental, you know, and mentioning it online. Oh my God, love this airline! How cool! Thank you so much. You want to be able to do that. You want to be able to offer. Your your if your if your best if you know your best customers are out there and talk we we are a society that loves to talk about 
the great things that happen to us, you know? And we love that. And so when that, when that happens, we love to share it because we just like to be cool. Who doesn't like to be the, you know, the chosen one who got the upgrade who gets to walk to the front of the bus, you know? So anytime you can do something beneficial for your client, for your customers, it's something as simple as a free pack of gum. It doesn't matter what. You want them, the new, the new rules of public relations state that, that you want your customers and clients to do the PR for you. So, so what are the ways to make it easy for them to do? Because I think that's a, a lot of times that's, I wouldn't call it the hurdle, but it is a little bit in the way. I mean, if, if somebody's got to go, okay, I have to now go on my blog and write about you, or I have to create a Twitter account if I want to write about you. I mean, are there things that you can do to make yourself and your good vibes more shareable? I think you go after the people that already exist. I mean, I know, I know there's a guy who has a, who has a food truck, who drives a food truck around, and he, um, he actually uh, um, has an iPad on the food truck. While people are waiting for their food, they can sign into Facebook and like the company's uh, Facebook page right there. Right. Well, that's, a, that's a great example. I mean, he's, they're doing it because he's making it so darn easy for them that they, uh, they almost uh, – that might be somebody that wouldn't have even done it period that you're making it so easy that it's you know it's it's like the like button how, how hard was that until we all have ginkgo biloba patches in our arm we're not going to remember to do that stuff when we get home yeah right you um you wrote a blog post uh, recently that i'll put you on the spot hopefully you remember every word you write um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the title of it i think probably got uh um, some real attention and and you were talking about social media engagement time to think like a drug dealer Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, how, how does that apply here? Uh, the simple concept, you know, look, the fact of the matter is, love them or hate them, I, yeah. I am sorry. I got to apologize. My, my assistant, for whatever reason, just tied a scarf around one of my cats, and my cat is now rolling on the floor confused as to why he has all this extra weight. It's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. Wait, oh, does a, you're sorry. missing a YouTube viral hit. I, seriously, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to edit that. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um. Man, you get out of here. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, start thinking like a drug dealer again. Start thinking like a drug dealer. I love, and, and you realize it doesn't help my ADHD at all. I <laughs> love that that post. That was a really fun post. The concept is, look, very simple. Dr- drug dealers uh, are in a very cutthroat business, no pun intended. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they, they have to worry about getting arrested. They're worried about getting shot. It's probably a little harder d- job than, like, uh, you know, being an accountant. Um, you know, unless you work for, like, Madoff or something. So <laughs> the logic is that they really have a very, very strong incentive to retain their customers. Because I think more so for them than anyone else, getting a new customer probably costs a lot more than it does for like any other business. Because in most other businesses, when you get a new customer, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a cop and you go to jail. So you really want to keep the customers you have. You know, and so as such, the, the concept of, of, of thinking like a drug dealer, you know, making sure that they want to come back to you when they have so many other choices by giving them a little extra or treating them well or offering them something new or sharing with them you know, some new product, whatever it is. I mean, you know, I wrote the post partially tongue-in-cheek, but the, but the lessons in there are very, 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 very accurate. Well, I, I think there are probably other industries we could name that wouldn't necessarily spring to mind if you were thinking good customer service, but that... that yeah, but then it wouldn't be my blog. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I, but, but I guess what I'm saying is I think there are uh, typically lessons. I, I wrote a post the other day that, that raised a lot of eyebrows, and the title was just, Could You Sell Your Tweets? Um, and of course, some people immediately leapt to a, the thought that I was saying you should. And what I was saying is, <laughs> you know, could you? I'm not saying would you. I'm saying would they be of any value? And and I think that, right. that if we looked at things like that, that I, you know, I've got to write 140 characters worth something that somebody would pay 58 bucks for. Uh, we might actually give it a little more thought. Right. 
Yeah. Well, Peter, thanks for joining me again. Uh, it's great to catch up with you. Are you you in in uh, snowstorms in New York? No, it's pretty clear. The, the, I'm looking out at the Hudson River right now. It's actually kind of icy. But other than that, you know, we're pretty clear. Hopefully, we should be okay for a couple of days anyway. I guess it was a little south of you. Boston got hit, right? Boston got hit up north and then uh, Connecticut as well. Yeah. All right. Well, Peter, always great to catch up with you, and I'm, I'm sure we'll do it again. Customer service, new rules for social-enabled world, and uh, appreciate you taking the time. Always.